episode 120 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast, Super Bowl preview episode for us. Uh, we brought back on our resident Bengals fan, uh, Keegan S is joining us again. And we were going to have him on last week, but the last time we had him on, we sort of did a reactionary episode to the game. Now we're doing more of a preview style, which is going to be just as fun. Um, I've got to ask before we get into this, Keegan, what are the thoughts going on in your head? You had mentioned just before we started that you were um, very superstitious about uh, your your sports and what you're wearing and all that stuff. So what is the feeling around um, the game right now? I'm so nervous. Like, to be honest, I shouldn't be because the throughout the postseason, no one really expected them to be at this point. Like, I was telling my other team, my teammate who was at Penn State with me, but he's also a Bengals fan. Like, no one expected them to be here, so the pressure's not on them which makes me as a fan feel a little bit better if they lose. But, like, now they're in the Super Bowl. Like, now you have to, like, you're all in. Like, I'm so, I'm so nervous for, for Sunday. But, yeah, like you said, I'm superstitious. I've had that AJ Green jersey since probably 2014, but I don't wear it on game days. I'm superstitious. I don't wear jerseys on game days no matter the sport. Um, so I had to hang that up because it's been sitting in my closet, but I had to bring it out uh, for Super Bowl week. What's so the – What's the plan for, for Super Bowl Sunday? Are you going to, like, watch with your family? Are there certain people not allowed to watch with you? Like, are they going to ruin almost the – because you're going to be into the game. This isn't just yeah. any other Super Bowl any other year. You're going to be into it. Yeah, I got to be careful with what I say because my mom's next door, but I typically don't like watching with other people, including my mom. But, um, like, last weekend I watched it by myself. I was just screaming my head off um, when they played the Chiefs just all by myself in my house. But – um yeah my dad's a Bengals fan that's how kind of how I got into it so I watched the first two playoff games with him um but this week I'm actually going to Vegas um I didn't plan for this like my mom booked this trip um, a couple months ago um my grandmother lives just outside of Vegas and she wasn't able to come to my graduation in December so we made a trip to go out and see her and it just so happened to be Super Bowl weekend and now the Bengals are in the Super Bowl so we kind of blocked out all of Sunday just to watch the game we don't really have plans like where we're watching it yet but I kind of told everyone I want to be in a sports bar casino some sort of atmosphere where I can get into the game because I know I'm going to be screaming and my emotions are going to be all over the place I already know it so we'll see so both of you guys have now done something that I haven't yet to have is I've never actually got to see my team in the Super Bowl so Sam with the 49ers we're in the Super Bowl is that sort of the same thing where you, like is the whole week just meaningless because you're just waiting till Sunday the, the, those two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl can feel like a lifetime I mean you almost just want the game to happen to get that anticipation over with um I think the Niners in uh 2019 when they put the Chiefs I think that was a little different because the Niners came in as the number one seed and like that was kind of the expectation. I mean, like you said, that with the Bengals this year, I mean, this all is just gravy at this point. Um, and I honestly believe that the Niners had such a good chance heading into that game because of how well they were playing. But when I was watching it with, I think I watched with like a bunch of roommates and we had um, a bunch of friends over, but my eyes were glued to that TV the whole time. And then when the Niners gave up that giant lead, I was a mess during that whole thing. So it's really like you can really feel all the highs of 
potentially leading the Super Bowl, and then all the good like grandeur that comes in with the introductions, and then your teams just coming in um, as the, oh the, here's the champion of the NFC, blah, the blah, you know the whole thing, and but then it could just lead if it doesn't go your way, and it's just oh my gosh, like your heart just drops, and that's it's a crazy feeling, but it's a feeling that you want to feel as a fan, pretty much like that is why we cheer. So I know you'd mentioned, and you know, both of you guys had said about the Bengals. I mean, they obviously weren't expected to be here and maybe everything at this point is gravy, but here's the thing. They have a legit shot to win this game. I don't, who, I mean, we'll get into this game and we can get into it right now. I've got a bunch of numbers about this game that I'll run through right now, which um, come from CBS, but they have they have a legitimate shot to win this game. I've heard a lot of people picking the Bengals to win this game for for fairly valid reasons. So I've I've got a bunch of numbers right here that I'm just going to read off. Um, and if there's one in particular that you guys want to stop and sort of talk about for a second, then we can. But I've got about 10, 12 stats. Won't take me uh, too long to read through this. But so first one is before the season. The Bengals had held the longest playoff wind drought in the four major North American sports, and it was from 1990. And they ended it, which Keegan obviously is sitting there nodding his head. Um, and they uh, they turn it around and they get to the Super Bowl in their first time being back. So that was that was an interesting number. Uh, one about the 49ers. They, wait, the who did they end that drought against? What was the team that they ended that drought against? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Raiders. Well, <laughs> no, well did you... <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, So actually the last time, so the Bengals have actually been to the Super Bowl twice. Do you know that they played the same team in those two Super Bowls and it was actually the 49ers yep. that they lost to in both of those cases? Um, didn't know that. Um, so the Rams are now making their fifth Super Bowl appearance. Now they only actually have one Super Bowl win. However, they beat the Titans uh, the year that they won. Now this is the first time in Super Bowl history that both teams have entered the playoffs playoffs as number four seeds. So n- top three from both conferences, not there, not there. So I guess it sort of lends itself to the improbability of it feels. It's funny because the Rams are coming from a different place than the Bengals, right? The Rams mm-hmm. don't feel as improbable. Right. Right. Than the they, they've always they been kind both, of been favorites at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but they're both, yeah. I mean, they're both, they were, weren't even the top three seeds. So I found that one uh, a bit interesting. Your guy, Joe Burrow, he set the Bengals season, season, single season franchise record for passing yards with 4,616 touchdowns with 34 and passer rating with 108.3 so he's had a great season the other quarterback Matthew Stafford he with the Lions was 0-3 in playoff games he is now 3-0 with the Rams so quick turnaround for Matthew Stafford the Bengals have three players right now with 800 plus receiving runs so that's obviously Chase uh, Tyler Boyd and then uh Thank you. Um, so in terms of the coaches, Sean McVay and Zach Taylor are the youngest yeah. pair of Super Bowl head coaches 
in the game's history. So that was an interesting. I saw that. Note. That's pretty crazy. And Zach Taylor actually came from the Rams before he was with the Bengals. He was like quarterback yeah. coach of the Rams. So kind of an interesting dynamic when they when they're going to play mm-hmm. each other. And we think about how young Sean McVay is. He's already been there, and that was actually yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah, just a bunch of a bunch of interesting things about the Super Bowl. A few more. So the Rams are currently, and this is as of three days ago. I don't know if the numbers changed. It very well could have. But as of three days ago, the Rams are currently favored by four points. Four points in this game, which I don't know. We can talk about that line a little bit later. We'll make our picks. It's an inter- it's an interesting number. Um, so the Bengals and Rams, they both finished with top ten passing offenses this season and conversely the Bengals and the Rams both had bottom half defenses the Bengals were actually 18th and the Rams were 17th that was an interesting stat because in terms of the playoffs both of these defenses have actually been really really good yeah those stats do kind of surprise me especially on defense mm-hmm. um so and then I just got a few more so right now Bengals running back Joe Mixon he was third this year in rushing yards and he had another break he had a breakout season as well I mean so did the team Trey Henderson I just mentioned the defense he finished uh, fifth in the NFL in sacks and the last one that I have for you is that Evan McPherson right now is 16 for 16 he's been lights out Mm -hmm. this so far in the playoffs and then also side note the rams are officially the away team don't know if you guys heard that yeah they're the away team (laughs) which i found really interesting i don't know it feels weird to just not have the schedule makers go can we just flip it i mean (laughs) do you think that's gonna well i don't know if this is how it works but since they're the away team are they gonna get the home locker room in that stadium does that change it do you guys know I don't know, but I don't know why they wouldn't get their alternate. They alternate every year. That's why that's the reasoning, right? Like AFC, NFC, they alternate every Super Bowl. But yeah, that, that, that does stink. Yeah. Because this is the second year in a row where this is at some team's home field yeah. in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. but that's interesting. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. But I, mean, I don't I think don't... I don't think it plays a role. I mean, this is we're talking about a two million dollar or two they're billion probably dollar both uh, nice. stadium. I mean, yeah. they're probably yeah. pretty decent size. All right. So with all those numbers and everything going into this, Keegan, I'll give we'll give you the floor. Um, this is your team. What what do you think is going to happen? What are your thoughts on your boys taking on the Rams? How do you see it playing out? What do you want to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I I want the Bengals to win first and foremost, but by 30, by 30. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I think, I think what he's asking is, do you want a close game or do you want a blowout? I would love a blowout, but the way the Bengals have played, especially in the playoffs, every game has been close except for the first half against the chiefs. But like every single game, I think, let's see the first, first playoff game against the Raiders was what? Down to the last play. Yeah. Yeah. And then Titans, one on the last second field goal mm-hmm. last weekend, one in a, an overtime on a field goal. So every game, I mean, even in the regular season, they've had a lot of games that were close. Um, and especially against, I, I, I've watched a lot of the Rams this postseason, and they are like scary on offense. 
they're to be honest their defense actually doesn't worry me as much as a lot of people think just because they're so stacked on defense but their offense uh, cooper cup is a problem i i think he he and stafford i if you were to rank like we talked about this last show if we're talking about the connection between quarterbacks and their number one wide receiver in NFL, you'd have Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and then Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. I think you can make a really strong argument that Cup and Stafford are number one. Because, I mean, Cup's broken pretty much every receiving record this year, right? Yeah, pretty much. And our, our secondary has made a ton of improvements since – I mean, the past couple of years, like two years ago, worst team in the NFL. Last year, we only won four games, and, like, we've been historically bad on defense. But the free agents that we've signed, um, especially on the defensive end, have been great. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, Eli Apple has kind of become a meme on Twitter. He's kind of done it to himself. Yeah. Um, but I do not want Eli Apple guarding Cooper Cup. I think he would get Wait, why is he a meme? Isn't he playing well this year? He is. Um, but I think he <laughs> someone posted, I saw this the other week. Someone posted like a, a highlight reel of him just getting burned on every play. But he did make so you remember in the Chiefs game right before halftime, they went for it with like five seconds left and they stopped the him. Tyree Eli Hill, Apple, yeah, he was there, yeah. Eli Apple made the stop and then after the game on Twitter, he quote tweeted it and tagged Tyreek Hill and he called I, I think he called him a name or something and it's like you don't need to do that like just like it well, was a good play have you heard have you heard what Joe Burrow said after the game about the Chiefs uh-uh well so maybe it is it's one of the it's one of the coldest things I've ever heard and it he it it's not like he he was complimenting the Chiefs but it was the huge like backhanded compliment that I was just like, dude, if you don't have like, I mean, he's, I mean, his nickname now is Joe Cool, and it's yeah. one of those things where if you're not Joe Cool or anybody else, you cannot get away with what he said. And he's sitting there after the game, and I can't remember what reporter it was, but she asked him um, about them being like an underdog coming into the game and even into the postseason, and uh, if this is, you know, proof enough that they weren't. And he was like, and he basically was like. Yeah, you know, I it was proof enough, and you know, we beat the second best team in the AFC, in my opinion. <laughs> so he calls the Chiefs the second best team in the AFC team, who, by the way, has been uh, hosting the AFC Championship game for the past four seasons. <laughs> and he just goes, "Yeah, we beat the second best team." Uh, <laughs> so, and he uh, just it's so like rolls off the tongue, and it was like, dude, that was cold. <laughs> that is what I love about him. He has changed the culture. Like, I remember, I don't know if I was talking to you guys about it, but, like, at the beginning of the year, like, like guys on the team that have been there for, for a couple seasons were like, we want to make the playoffs. We want to win the playoffs for the first time in 30 years. Joe and Jamar come in and, like, no, our expectation is a Super Bowl. There's a sound clip after they won the AFC North in, what, week 17? Mm-hmm. Um, when they clinched the division where – CJ Uzama said, this is, this is great, but our standard is a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, everybody has the Bengals as an underdog. Um, 
But I mean, the players have repeatedly said that they're tired of that narrative and they have the mindset of, they don't have the mindset of why not us? They have the mindset of it is us, which I love. Like as a well, fan. They should, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're here. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, that's great. Like, yeah. like I'm a little bit more reserved in terms of expectations, just the way my whole life has been cheering for the Bengals. But I mean, this year, I can't complain. So, Stan, I mean, we obviously know that Keegan is rooting for the Rams in this game, but you, on the other hand, where are you? It was a joke. Where are you? Um, <laughs> I was like, where, wait, where are you? And then, uh, and then Keegan didn't correct you, and I was like, wait, no, is there something? I <laughs> uh, how do you feel about this game? I'm sorry, Keegan. I think I think the Rams have a major advantage in this game. I think they're just so much. There's so much more of the complete team to me. And you you touched on it too. I think the way they were able to move up and down the field so effortlessly against that Niners defense, which was playing, I think, the best defensive football in the NFL for the playoffs. And they just carved them up all throughout the field. And I don't think Odell's going to have nearly as good of a game as he did against the Niners. But if he gives you something close to like 85 yards – and just compliments Cooper Cup enough to where Cooper Cup's not getting triple covered. I think Cooper Cup can go for a 150 again because that connection is just that good. I mean, it's I think they just have so much firepower complemented by a good enough. Well, I want to say like a a timely defense to where they really can step it up in a series in a play. To where Jalen Ramsey can make a big play, or Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd can really put pressure with that pass rush for just one play. They don't need to stop the Bengals every single series, but I think they have the firepower to really come up with timely plays to really slow down a Bengals team that makes it hard for the Bengals to keep up with the Rams in this game. So I think I think you're right with the sense that. If the Rams are going to win this game, let's say they win this game because of their defense. They're going to win it because that Bengals offensive line is not great. Now, granted, after the Tennessee game, they played they played pretty well against Kansas City. It wasn't um, perfect, but they, they seem to address a few of the problems. I'll argue with you on this, though. You talked about the Rams having this high-powered offense. I'll raise you, I think, the Bengals have more weapons than the Rams. When you think about Jamar Chase and how he's already a number one wide receiver in the league, and if you have Tyler Boyd as your number three wide receiver, you are sitting pretty with offensive weapons. And that's not even before, and that's before we even get to Joe Mixon and CJ Uzama. And I is, I, um, I tell you right now that- Is Uzama out of this game? It's not. So, he hasn't yeah, been so ruled. Keegan would know. I don't think he's been ruled out. So he had an MCL sprain in the Chiefs game, mm-hmm. but it was pretty mild. So he hasn't been ruled out completely yet. But I don't know if he's been practicing. I know he's been really limited. I he'll. If I had to guess, he'll probably play, but it'll be very limited. Mm-hmm. So their backup, uh, Drew Sample, will probably start. But even I mean, even yeah, I mean, so, yeah, the Bengals' I mean, offense is. I'd say more high power than even the Rams offense um, in that sense. Um, They certainly have a better running back. 
their number one wide receivers. We'll just we'll say it's Cooper Cup because I feel like he's definitely earned that. Um, but then you get down to who would you rather have, T. Higgins or Odell? And based on the season, you would take T. Higgins. Yeah. If we're going off a of reputation and what he's meant in the playoffs, who knows? You might side with Odell. But then you get to your third wide receiver, and it's not even close. And then if C.J. plays, then it's also not even close. Um, I think and then C.J. who are you going to? Pretty comparable to Tyler Higby. I mean, I think he's I mean, better than Tyler Higby. And then who would you take at quarterback? Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford? You take Burrow probably oh um, wow i would at the moment i i've been at you are the biggest matthew I know. stafford man. i know i know oh i've been, so, I've been so listen so i i've been advocating for matthew stafford i think he's a great quarterback however joe burrow now now he's put himself into that conversation and it's based on how they've been playing you got to go with what you have seen right now and i think you might I certainly, at the moment, would pick Burrow over Stafford to have the advantage right now in this game. No, well, we're saying these things like like they're playing against air. I think you have to consider the secondary that the Rams are putting out there because I think the secondary that the Rams are putting out is better than the secondary that Cincy's putting out there. For sure. We have no idea what Jamar Chase is going to look like with Jalen Ramsey following him the whole time. I mean, that is, I think T. Higgins is going to feast in this game, which he's, he been, has doing, up. he's yeah. been doing that all playoffs, being the second man behind um, the Jamar Chase show. But I think this offense goes with how well Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are able to connect and really make plays out of nothing. Because that's really what's going to happen. Every play is going to be a fight in this game. And it's going to come down to how well Burrow is able to find those big playmakers in this game. And I think it's just going to be a little easier for the Rams side because they have the most unguardable weapon in the NFL. You can name whoever on defense. I don't even think if you put Jalen Ramsey on Cooper Cup, he wouldn't be able to guard him. Well, so let's consider the second half last week against Kansas City. I mean, you have another guy who is supposed to be extremely unguardable in Tyreek Hill. And while the first half didn't go the way that the Bengals wanted to, they act, they made that halftime adjustment where they start, They said, okay, we're only going to rush three. We're only going to rush four. We're going to keep Mahomes in the pocket, and we're going to dare him to throw. And we'll just double everybody pretty much. And they completely took out Tyreek Hill. So I imagine whatever game plan they were implementing for that, they're probably going to do the same thing around Cooper Cup in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that the Rams don't have that Kansas City did is Travis Kelsey. So there's another weapon that you don't have to worry about, but you do have to worry about Odell in that sense as a replacement. So it's one of those things where they're all they're kind of comparable in that sense. Um, and the Cincinnati Bengals front four has been good enough this playoffs that you, you can get away with just rushing four, um, which might play into the fact that, you know, the Bengals just came off of playing a really pro- prolific passing attack offense, which is probably what they're about to run into with the Rams. So, it might be a semi-similar game plan. And if it's anything like they did in that second half against the Chiefs, the Bengals could win this game. 
Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. What what do you what what do you think, Keegan? After all that. I mean, it's different because I feel like they had to adjust in the second half because it was Mahomes. Like that entire first half, they were ripped to shreds because they were playing a pretty traditional four-man rush and then zone, and then Mahomes was just taking everything underneath or he would just get out of the pocket and run. Mm-hmm. Second half, they would only rush three, spy with one, and they would play man, um, and it made a huge difference. Like that second half was night and day. Um, oh, yeah. I think with Stafford – I don't think Stafford's probably as mobile as Mahomes, but knowing how McVay plays and how creative he can get, I feel like he's probably going to roll Stafford a lot, move him around. Yeah. Um, OBJ, you think OBJ's throwing a touchdown this game? <laughs> I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he he, he throws a couple. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's kind of the wild card. Like you, you don't really you don't really know what to expect with McVay, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what scares me because like I feel like with Mahomes, teams kind of know what to expect with him. Like, he's going to make phenomenal plays and, like, things that are going to blow your mind, but you kind of know what to expect at this point. With McVay, it's always – you never know. And with our Bengals – I mean, Bengals, second, Bengals defense plays with five in the secondary, um, which I think will help in this game. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I am a little nervous about that whole attacking – or passing attack. But, by the way, is Tyler Higby – playing because didn't he get hurt in the Niners game yeah the is same he, MCL injury is he coming back Uzama from the Super Bowl did. I actually I, haven't I all I've seen is him and Uzama were both questionable but yeah. I think his was a little more serious was it yeah than Uzama's because his was his was bad if you look at it yeah if you saw the video of it but um I the the biggest thing for me I mean you can't really for me compare the Rams offense to the Chiefs offense like they're not equal in my eyes I mean the Rams will actually run the football yep. and really want they from this turnaround in the playoffs they've really tried to make this attack more balanced to set up play action to where they're completely unbeatable and it's just because the Niners were able to slow down I guess or really put a lot of onus on stopping that run because it was just gashing them for first downs to when the Rams became a little more one, one dimensional, but Matthew Stafford was able to beat them that way anyway. So first and foremost, Cincinnati has to stop the run to make the Rams more one dimensional. And then they have a chance, double, triple Cooper cup, hold them at the line of scrimmage, whatever you need to do, take that five yards for defensive holding and try to go, Go again on the next down. I don't know what you do with that guy because he is just on another planet. Yeah. I think you make a good point about the Rams being balanced because I think you look at if you look at the past two games for the Bengals at least, I don't know if you can say the same thing about the Raiders, but the Titans are very run-oriented, oriented, especially with Derrick Henry, and the Chiefs very pass-oriented with Mahomes. And now you're playing against a Rams team who is probably the most balanced team that they might play all year. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes for an interesting matchup. But I also I also will say, I think, got to give credit to the job that Cincinnati's defense has done. I mean, what they were able to do to limit Kansas City to three points in the second half is nothing short of spectacular. And they've been, they've been opening eyes all playoffs, all season pretty much, with the job that they've done. Um, I think another – you touched on it a little bit too, Keegan. I think – coaching plays a huge mm-hmm. part in this Absolutely. game and I think Sean McVay 
maybe because he taught Zach Taylor everything he knows. I think that's a huge advantage yeah. for the Rams. And we haven't even touched on, I mean, does it play a part that the Rams wake up in their in their own beds and drive to the stadium? Does that play a part? I mean, they're not going to have home field advantage because there's no fans that go to Rams games anyway yeah. out of LA. So, and they're not paying $2,000 to go see a game. I mean, well, I mean, this is, I mean, so I think there are a couple scenarios that could honestly play out in this game. I think, cause let's think, let's think about the Rams history. You know, they started off really well and then they took a huge nosedive, right? So their, their like average has been really bad. Now they haven't had that so far in the playoffs, but when they're at their best, they seem like unbeatable almost just when everything is clicking and then the Bengals have just been this freaking roll the dice wild card team that um once they hit the playoffs even so like the game against the titans was now granted they were the number one seed but that certainly wasn't the Bengals' offense that everybody was used to seeing that's first half against the chiefs that didn't look like them and then boom and all of a sudden switch so it's a really interesting dynamic for both of these for both of these teams, Sam, I know because I know what Keegan's going to say. Um, but with for you, could you legitimately see either one of these teams winning? Like, d- is there a strong case for both of these teams to win this game, or are you just totally in favor of the Rams right now? Oh, I'd be kind of I'd be kind of shocked if the Bengals won. In all honesty, I think. I think honestly, I think the Rams in my eyes are favored than more than four points. I think I think this is their game to lose. Pretty much. And that's no that's really not any disrespect against <laughs> Cincinnati. I mean, we're talking about a Rams team that added Odell, added Von Miller, added all these dudes. Like this is the game they were preparing for. And yes. if they don't they... win this game, then that is a huge failure with their future. In their future draft capital, like they actually, need, they need to win this game a thousand times more than Cincinnati does. Cincinnati could be yeah. here next year, five years from yeah. now. Who knows? Well, yeah, they got that. That was kind of why I said earlier, like the pressure is not on the Bengals. It hasn't been all yeah. season. The Rams mm-hmm. put so much into this season to win right now. Like if they don't win right now, you can kind of say it's been a failure. Here's so that was. I'm so glad you guys brought that up because that was a huge talking point today on Get Up. Is if the Rams do not win the Super Bowl, is it going to be looked at as a colossal failure? And it was kind of split 50 50. And one of the things that everybody always talks about is you know how the Rams have sort of mortgaged their future for like right now, and they sort of went through the cap numbers. The Bengals have actually spent more money than the Rams. I did not realize how actual little money the it's they've lost all of their picks, right? They they don't have like a first round pick until like the year four thousand. I don't even know. I I don't even think they believe in drafting in the first round anymore. But they actually didn't spend all that much money acquiring Von Miller and Odell. It's not as big of a cap hit, I think, as everybody sort of assumes and that sort of took me by surprise Hmm. Odell there's a good chance that he actually comes back this year and I know uh, next year and I know Von Miller 
they're talking about re-signing him too. So they may not win this year. They were built to win this year. Um, but Stafford's going to come back next year. Odell might come back next year. Von Miller might come back next year. If they run it back next year, um, I think at that point, let's let's say that they don't win. Are we all saying that that's a failure this season? So I think, and Keegan, I think you already said it's a failure, but um, I think it is. I think for sure okay. this team has been, because you traded for Stafford and you end up in the same spot that you were in with Jared Goff. Just from an mm-hmm. optic standpoint, yeah. doesn't it feel like, oh man, like we thought we had the guy. This was the missing piece. We have him. He's playing at the best level we've seen him in his career, especially in the playoffs. And we end up still not winning. That's a huge deflating blow to this franchise. And I get, I totally get the sentiment of, well, realistically, they have next year. They have the year after. But we're talking about Von Miller, aging star, probably already out of his prime. Aaron Donald getting older. Odell has injuries on upon injuries on those legs. He's not getting any younger. Matthew Stafford isn't a young quarterback. And we have no idea if this team is going to be the same as it is right now. So you can't bank on following years like Think about Tampa Bay last year, how perfect of a storm that team was and then how it completely fell apart this year and led to them having probably an early exit than most people thought. So you can't really bank on aging guys really holding up year after year. But here's the thing. So you talk about aging guys. I heard this as well. You know what team in the NFL got the most snaps out of rookies this year? It was the Rams. It was the Rams. I I heard that stat about, and that about blew my mind. Like prominent positions, but it, it was they didn't specify, but it was the Rams. And here's the thing: I think the way that I'm looking at this, and I might be cheating on the question, but who cares? If if they don't win next this season, and they go into next season saying that they keep pretty much everybody, they run it back, and they win the season after. Then I think it's then I think the season before that, yes, it'll be looked at as a disappointment, but the Matthew Stafford experiment would have worked in my eyes. If they lose this year and they don't get back, obviously, yes, that has to be a colossal failure. So no, I think think about it in a vacuum this season. As soon as this season concludes, if they lose, do you think this season was a failure with what they were set out to do? I don't I don't this know season, because yeah. for, for me, I don't know if it's as straightforward as that because I think the reason why – I think the Tom Brady's Super Bowl last year was one of those examples of everything just working so perfectly well. Like he was the perfect fit. They didn't get injured, and they just, they just ran through pretty much everybody. It was a perfect storm, and – to bring in a new quarterback with all these weapons, to also bring it to lose Robert Woods, and then to also bring in Odell halfway through the season, somebody who Stafford hadn't played with, and all of these other different moving parts, for it to line up exactly when you wanted to wanted it to for the first season, a lot has to go right. So the fact that they made it, I think that should be looked at as a success. That it even 
worked so much so that it got them to the Super Bowl in the first year of this experiment. If we look at it in a three-year window, if they don't win one, then you have to look back at it and say it was a colossal failure. But for everything to line up perfectly and for them to stay healthy and get here, yes, they have to finish the deal because it would it would make everything feel so much better. But failure feels like the wrong word. I don't know if failures – I think it would be a disappointment, but I don't think it's a failure. I think that's too strong of a word. I think that's fair. I think Tom kind of – Tom Brady and the Bucks kind of disrupted our expectation of what – you know a team can do in one year like with that much of a turnaround in terms of player personnel like what the bucks did last season was incredible and i think to have the same expectation for the rams i think is a little bit unfair so i think you do make a good point um so yeah i think in the in the long term i think it's a little bit early to judge because i think they could have potential for even next year you know if they win this year maybe even come back next year and win repeat who knows but hopefully they don't you know fingers crossed but, um, but, yeah, no, that's a good point. Do you, do you feel that way, Sam? Or? I think it is so hard to plan on making another Super Bowl. Oh, 100%. Especially with how competitive that division is. Arizona might get better this offseason. The Niners, hopefully, are going to get better this offseason. And the Niners already have this team's number – you have no idea if this if the Rams can even win the division next year. Like there is so many things that may go wrong for the Rams next season if they were to just say, "Hey, let's run it back." All it takes is one major injury, and then it's like, "Man, we really, really missed that opportunity in 2022." Like that that just amplifies it so much more. Um, so I I think for me the Rams have to win this game. If you go around and you mess around and let Joe Burrow win a ring in his second season starting, I think everybody in the NFL has to call up Sean McVay and the Rams organization and be like, what the heck are you doing? Tom Brady just retired and you're going to let another guy come in and dominate this dang league. What are you doing? Well, I'm actually glad you brought up Joe Burrow because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about ways to transition us into our segment and you just did it for me. So I, we're just, we've been working and we've been working together so long now that it just, it totally rings sync. So glad that you brought up Burrow because one of the things obviously that has been heavily reported on is, you know, Burrow being second year guy, the young quarterbacks all in the AFC and some in the NFC and, you know, Tom Brady's on his way out the door. Drew Brees just left. Ben Roethlisberger left. Philip Rivers left uh, this last offseason. So new wave of quarterbacks coming in. And I sent the guys a list earlier in the week. Uh, some of the young quarterbacks, some of the most, I guess, I would say the most prominent young quarterbacks in the league right now. I have to say that Dak Prescott is 28. That's not super young by quarterback standards, but – um, he did just get that first big like contract for a quarterback and feels like it hasn't been around all that long. So I lumped him in. He's the oldest one on this list right now. Um, but everybody else is younger than Dak. So I sent them a list of 11 names and they are the 11, I'd say young star quarterbacks in the league right now. And we're going to rank, we all made a list of 
one through 11, one being the person who we would want to start a franchise with the most, and then everybody under that. And I don't know about you guys, but it took me a minute to make this list. And it actually yeah. wasn't the top for me. That was the hardest part. It was seven, yeah. it was seven through 11. That was the hardest part for me. Yeah. I agree um, with that. So I don't know who wants to go first. If you feel confident in your list, jump on in. Do you want to read um, the quarterbacks that we picked from? Um, I can, if you'd like. Um, I was going to save that, but I guess that's probably, yeah. So we'll do that. So the names on the list were uh, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. So 11 names in total. Those are the ones. And I understand that the Justin, um, Trevor, and Mac thing, they're very new, but I threw them in because those were the three guys who were like, they were the guys coming in this league. And to each, their, um, for them, they had spurts this uh, past season where they did play fairly well, and it's a bright future for all three of them. So lump them in as well. Rip uh, uh, Zach Wilson, though. Rip Zach Wilson. Now. For now, Trey, Trey Lance. I uh, I didn't even notice it before like we started. Nobody he cares about Trey run. Lance at the moment. <laughs> He's going to win Offensive Player of the Year next year. Just you watch. Okay, I'll watch. <laughs> We're going to the Raiders uh, Niners game next year. So. Oh, there you go. We, that's going to be gotta, that's going to be tough for you. We gotta we gotta swing that somehow. It's in Vegas, so. Oh, it's gonna be tough for me then. Holy cow! I'm gonna get shanked. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd be more afraid of going to Buffalo than Vegas. <laughs> you gotta get frostbite or something and have Bill's to amputate body. my feet. But like, <laughs> actually, getting frostbite and then maybe getting punched in the face by Bill's Mafia may not be as bad. You might have to feel it. So, uh, all right. Who wants to go first? Or should we just go like we each read our 11? Or do you want to read the whole list? How about um, do 11 to like the first, the last five or something, like split it in half? Uh, yeah, we'll go 11 to six and then five through one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Keegan, you're our honorary guest. So I'm throwing you to the flames first. So am I going, am I reading 11 through 6 or just number 11? Yep, gonna go uh, 11 up through 6. So start at 11 and move your way up for 6. All right, so I have at 11, Jalen Hurts, 10, Justin Fields, 9, Trevor Lawrence, 8, Kyler Murray, 7, Dak, 6, Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones, really yeah, no, high up there. He is pretty high on my list, to be honest. He, <clears throat> he's exceeded my expectations. This year. So provide some justification behind this. Why I was surprised that Jalen Hurts was at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it was hard, like you said, because I mean, a lot of these guys have smaller sample sizes of data and evidence of what they can do in the NFL. But I kind of looked at it like, what can these guys do in the situation that they were drafted? Because all these guys that we're talking about are still with the teams that drafted them. And some have been drafted into really, really poor situations, like, like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts to an extent. Um, but like, 
I look at it like how much of a positive influence can a young kid have on a team that has low expectations? Um, and I'll get into my top five, which is a, no surprise. I don't think it's going to surprise anyone here, but I have Joe Burrow as number one. Um, so I look at it like that. That That's kind of how I look at it. But yeah. Any objections? I know, I know I've got some faces. Sam, you can go first. Oh, I think, I think Max a little high. Um, over Kyler and Lamar. That seems a little soon. No, I don't. Ha- no, Lamar. I haven't no, said Lamar yet. Oh, you yeah, haven't said Lamar. Said Lamar. Yeah. Well, over Kyler and Dak too. And Dak. I mean, two proven guys that have done it multiple years. I know Mac by far exceeded a lot of people. Like, I mean, was the best rookie QB this year, but I can't forget how he kind of tailed off at the end of the year and really sort of seemed like defense have kind of figured him out and we were able to slow him down a little bit, um, which is totally natural for someone in their rookie season. I mean, he was due for that to happen. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, I think we're, we're all going to have pretty much the same names in this bottom half, um, just jumbled up a little more. I can go into mm-hmm. mine if you want, Jason. Sure. Can I rebuttal what yeah. Sam said? Yeah. I, the only reason why I put – well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons – one of the main reasons why I put Mac over Dak and Kyler was I think Mac's ceiling in a system like the Patriots, and if we're starting a franchise, I would rather have him than Dak and Kyler, who we have a bigger sample size in a very good franchise with very good teams, and I don't think either of them have won a playoff game yet, right? So that's kind of no Dak did. Dak has, Dak has. Yeah. okay. Dak has. So Dak has, but Kyler hasn't. So that's kind of where I was at. Where in terms of starting a franchise, their ceiling, their potential, I would want Mac. For sure. Hmm. You're gonna hate my list. <laughs> so mine starts off just like Keegan's. I put Jalen Hurts at the bottom. Poor Jalen Hurts. Um, you guys suck. <laughs> I followed that up with Dak. Um, then I put Justin, Justin Fields, Mac, Trevor Lawrence, and then Kyler. And then, yeah, I think that's that stops, right? Okay, read, read that again, because i got to listen to that one more time. So I have Jalen Hurts last. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even touch him with a 12-foot pole. <laughs> Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Chicago's own. Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and then Kyler Murray. Wow. So the reason I put Dak that low. That was my question. Yeah. And was. I don't I don't know if this is against the rules, but I factored in that ginormous contract that he is attached with. I'm not yeah. starting a team, especially a 28-year-old coming off of major leg surgery with that like stranglehold of a contract if i'm if i'm starting a franchise i'm assuming i need to fill a lot of positions pretty quickly to create a contender i'm not signing up for the biggest contract in the nfl okay well then josh allen and patrick Mahomes better not be one and two for you because they both have monster contracts Yeah, but they're okay. Comparing okay, Dak Prescott okay, to okay. Josh I'm just saying. Patrick Mahomes I'm just like, saying. <clears throat> if you're gonna use, but if you're gonna use contracts as a justification, then 
But I think so. Dak puts up a lot of numbers, but he is underachieved with the talent that Dallas has had, and he is such a he plays such a big role in that as the QB. We've seen QBs now change cultures overnight, and Dak, from all accounts, is a great is a huge leader of that team. So he is culpable with the downfalls of that team, and the they're just widespread underachieving year after year with the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that's a huge knock on him and his production because his production out of everyone I just listed is by far the highest, right? you got to give that to him, but we're talking yeah. about with the weapons he has with three pretty great receivers in the NFL with a healthy Zeke at one point early in his career with all those things and a great offensive line early in his career, he was able to put up great numbers. They're not great anymore, but, but underachieved at that same time. Right. So then I, I put Justin Fields ahead because we don't know what Justin Fields is. He's shown flashes this year of really using his great athleticism and being able to work with anything that's in Chicago with a Matt Nagy that probably was trying to lose more games than he was trying to win later in that year so I give I mean he he grew so much in that final third of the season that I give him high marks and he's only 22 I think he's the he's tied with the youngest out of this whole list so he has major room to grow like just for perspective he has three he's three years younger than Lamar Jackson Joe Burrow Josh yeah, Allen he's he pretty young could we see Justin Fields after three years, really grow, maybe not into those guys, but really grow into something really awesome in the NFL? Totally. Right. could totally see that. Then I put Mac Jones because he had by far a better rookie year. Um, I think his ceiling is a little bit capped due to the, that lack of athleticism for me. I've, I mean, we, Jason and I talked about it at the draft. I thought Justin Fields was going to be a better guy. Than Mac Jones, but Mac Jones has shown to be better early. Um, Trevor Lawrence still holds out hope that he can be that next Andrew Luck. Who knows? And then Kyler, Kyler had a great year this year, but the worry for me is why are his seasons and his teams really coming up short in the second half of the seasons? I mean, this is two times in a row now to where he his production has gone down and his team's play has gone down in the second half of the seasons. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, <clears throat> my 11 through 6, so the... Oh, wait. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, Jalen. Yeah, go ahead. And J- Jalen Hurts sucks. That's why I put him at the bottom. Right, okay. <laughs> um, he does not suck. <laughs> but I, I um, take Jimmy Garoppolo over Jalen Hurts right now. That's blasphemy. <laughs> that is absolute <laughs> blasphemy. I uh, sure tra- take Trey Lance. No, you would not. <laughs> no, you would not. Um, anyway, so my 11 through 6, um, I think we all had different ways of going about this. It seems like all of our reasoning for why we made our list a certain way is all different. So the act- so the three, I guess, rookie quarterbacks this year, I put them at 11, 10, and 9 just because the sample size is so much smaller with them. I didn't feel like I had any good justification to put them you okay? 
Sorry, I accidentally <laughs> sent you guys something in the group chat, and I didn't. I can Venmo Venmo you for that, Keegan, but I don't sorry. know if you get there. I, I just real, I typed it, and then I just realized I sent it to the wrong person. So sorry if you guys got that and distracted you. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's funny. Zesty buffalo. Sorry. Yeah, okay. my bad. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I put the three rookies at 11, 10, and nine just because their sample size is so much smaller and I didn't feel like it would be fair to put them over the other guys. Um, So at 11, I know that he had the best rookie season, but I agree with Sam. I think his ceiling is more capped than the other two guys. So I put Mac at 11, not because he had a bad season because out of all of the quarterbacks out of the rookies, he by far had the best season. But if I'm thinking of what I think they're going to turn into, I think Justin and Trevor have a, a higher ceiling than Mac. Um, I put Trevor at 10. I actually put him behind Justin Fields. Um, just And the reason why I put Justin at nine is pretty much because <clears throat> I know that Justin and Trevor both came into poor situations, complete opposite of Mac. Um, but when I watch Justin, he sort of reminds me of Josh Allen a little bit. He's big and strong and a really good uh, runner. He's got an awesome arm. And he also kind of reminds me of like Russell Wilson, the, the kind of a, those two type of guys. And if I was starting a franchise, I just like that idea of that type of quarterback, somebody who can run, but it does have a good arm. Um, so I like the possibility of what Justin Fields could turn into. Um, so I put Mack at 11. I put Trevor at 10. I put Justin at nine. I put Jalen at eight. So I put the, him above the other guys. Um, Jalen, had over 4,000 yards this season. He had 22 uh, touchdowns and 13 interceptions. I think people forget how young he is, too. I mean, that was only his second season uh, in the league, and he also ran I – don't, I don't have how many yards he ran for, but he definitely earned another chance to be Philly's quarterback, in my opinion, and another chance to um, prove that he can play in this league. So I put him at eight. And then I put Kyler at seven and I put Dak at six. Um, Kyler going up and down in the, especially down. I mean, that play, I mean, it's one of those things where what have you done for me lately? And the lasting image that we have of Kyler Murray in that playoff game is so bad. It's so bad. I'm not saying he's a bad player or anything like that, but uh, Dak, I also, I know that Dak maybe hasn't done as much as you'd want him to with everything around him. But I also think that has to do with, their coaches a little bit. I mean, their coaches were under, especially Mike McCarthy was under a lot of fire um, this season. And I don't think the offensive, um, the stagnant nature of the offense in that second half of this season all has to do with Dak. Zeke isn't himself anymore. Um, Amari Cooper is not a number one receiver. I mean, he's definitely a number two right now. <clears throat> he might even be a number three um, if Gallup comes back and he's playing healthy. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. And I don't think he on paper is, but the latter half of the season, he played like it. So you'd hope that in Dallas, that doesn't happen next season. Um, Cause his talent, he's like a top 15 talent as at the wide receiver spot easily. Um, so yeah, so I put Mac at 11, Trevor at 10, Justin at nine, Jalen at eight, Kyler at seven and then Dak at six. So that was my list. Um, and then now we're getting into the top five. So this is going to be interesting. So Keegan, what you got as your well actually any objections to that at all can you go look so i you kind of talked about it but jalen hurts i 
so I'm, I was in Pennsylvania for a long time and a lot of my teammates were Philly fans and they're obviously very high on, on Jalen, but I think they're a little bit biased. So why can you go into a little bit more why you're so high on him? Cause I know, I know he does not have the best team around him and he was kind of drafted into a weird situation where the, there was a coaching change and all that, but why are you so high on him? I just think that, um, and I need to make a correction. He's thrown for 4,000 yards in his career. He only threw for um, 3,000 in this season. Um, so I need to make a correction on that. Um, but <clears throat> I think it's one of those things where, again, when I watch him play, I like the idea of having a quarterback who um, can do both things well. Now, he's a better runner right now than he is a passer. So that is something that needs to get addressed. But, I mean, you think about when Josh – because one of the things that – um, Hertz gets criticized for is that he's not complete is not he's not super accurate with the football right now it was the same thing that people were saying about Josh Allen when he came to the league his accuracy was really questionable so I think accuracy is something you for sure as a quarterback can really 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 work on um, and I also like who Jalen Hurts is as a person I mean think about Everything that he's had to do. Yeah, think about the Alabama situation and then Oklahoma, and then he comes to Philly and people are just bagging on him. And then he comes in last season, he plays really well in those couple games, and then he finally gets his first shake in Philly. He actually plays pretty well. I mean, he had that team in the playoffs this year. Um, And as soon as they sort of morphed the offense, because remember, halfway through the season, everybody was screaming at Philadelphia you need to run the football. You have a good running back and you have a running quarterback. They weren't doing that. They weren't catering the offense towards him. And as soon as they did that, they became like the best rushing team in the league. So I think he really hasn't even gotten a full season where he's gotten a full shake. Um, and I think there are so many things about him to love and his accuracy is something he can for sure work on. I think he's definitely earned another shot to be yeah. – Philly's quarterback. So that's just that's just my thoughts on him. That's fair. I think Philly as a whole this season exceeded expectations, and it's hard. It's really hard not to root for him. You know his story. Mm-hmm. You touched on it a little bit. So yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. I sold him, Sam. You didn't sell me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. But you you're holding out hope that he's going to improve. In accuracy, I think it'll improve over time just as he becomes more comfortable within a set offense, improving at uh, reading defenses. But arm talent wise, I mean, he has nowhere near like the arm talent that Josh Allen has. I know you didn't say that, but I think that's really where that stigma of inaccuracy comes from when a guy has a huge arm and he just tries to sling it everywhere. Jalen Hurts to me is a little more of like, like a Drew Brees type where he's not going to almost throw it through a defense. He's sort of trying to place it through a defense, but he's just missing right now. And I don't know if accuracy, like I think a guy that has a great arm can learn how to place the ball, but a guy that's placing it doesn't just learn how to have a better arm and is able to really make those elite throws. Well, you can, Philly also, on, you can work on arm strength. Philly also just needs a good number one wide receiver. They kind of don't really have any weapons. Well, they, they have, have Devontae Smith. They have Devontae. Um, 
but you're never but no never but mind you're right. yeah I forgot but you're right that. i was but you're right i literally had eagles wide receiver pulled up because jalen rager this season i think dropped more balls than he caught <laughs> i like he was under so much scrutiny this year and yeah so they do need more offensive talent yeah. i know dallas goddard is a good tight end as well they have some weapons and miles sanders is a serviceable running back right now um but yeah again i think I mean, look at look at Mac Jones right now. We, I mean, Sam and I, and this is, I guess, just Sam and I, we both said that Mac Jones has the lowest ceiling, in our opinion, when it comes to the three rookie quarterbacks this past season. But look how well he played in the right situation. You get Jalen Hurts in an ideal situation, you never know. And you better be okay with Jalen Hurts because he's on your roster right now just a different um, version of him. And his name is Trey Lance. You have a very similar quarterback. No, um, it's not. No, it's not. Very similar. Very no, similar. No, it, it's literally not. How Trey is Lance, it not? Trey Lance right now has a better arm than Jalen Hurts has. I, okay, that's fine. I'm talking about the style in which they play. <laughs> yeah, because Trey Lance doesn't know how to throw a football. So <laughs> that's not what Jalen, I, you're misconstruing what I'm saying. Jalen Hurts, a guy that doesn't know how to throw a football, according to you, because he's comparable you're to Trey Lance. You're misconstruing, you're misconstruing what I'm saying. And but that's Jalen Hurts is like there. three years older than Trey Lance. That has nothing. Okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> don't come at. Don't come at the Niners. Never mind. Never gonna, mind. Okay. You're gonna bend the Raiders over next year okay, with anyway. Trey Lance. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Keegan, who is your top five? All right, top five. Uh, I'm going to go five to one. So at number five, I have Lamar Jackson. Four, I have Justin Herbert. Three, Josh Allen. Two, Patrick Mahomes. One, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. Nice. Yeah. So next, next Joe Montana in Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't really have. our lists are actually fairly similar in the in the top five. Um, Everyone's top five is the same, right? We all have the yeah, same. Yeah, it should five. be it's same just, quarterbacks, probably same. a different order. Right. Um, Sam, let's just let's just read them all and we can talk about it. So Sam, who's your who's your five? Yeah, so I had Lamar at uh, at five, I had Joe Burrow, four, Josh Allen three, Justin Herbert two, and Mahomes at one. Okay, so I uh, had the same five and four as Keegan. I had Lamar and then I had Herbert. Um, and then the top three, again, it was Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen in terms of who you were going to go with. And I really wanted to put Burrow at two, but I just couldn't. Um, so I put Burrow at three and I maintained this position going into the playoffs. So I couldn't back away from it. I put, uh, Mahomes at two and I put Allen at one. Um, I had maintained that I wanted, um, Josh Allen over Mahomes, um, going into the playoffs and I felt good about that after that playoff game um <laughs> until obviously he got he didn't get a chance to get the ball but um so we all knew it was gonna be those guys um Sam where did you put Herbert again because I also I debated putting him above Burrow but I just I couldn't do it two two baby yeah. just right behind the best quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm um <laughs> what, what, what's the laugh <laughs> nothing um so i think so we all put lamar at five right 
Does that say more about the quarterbacks ahead of him, or does that, or does that say more about Lamar? What do you guys think? Um, I think that says more about the guys ahead of him. I think they can yeah. really impact the game a little more. I'd be ecstatic if Lamar Jackson was my starting quarterback, just because he's able to control a game pretty much like no other player in the NFL. Um, I just think if a game's tight, it, say you're down by two scores, I think those guys um, ahead of him are able to really bring your team back and get a win more so than Lamar can. I agree with that. I got nothing to add. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think it's, I think it definitely says more about the people in front of him. Um, here's the thing though. Here, here's what really the reason, one of the reasons why we were talking about this, all five in our list, all five of the guys in our top five, all in the AFC. <laughs> They're all in the AFC. <laughs> and that's just insane. It's yeah. insane. The AFC is going to be loaded for a long time. And we're not even talking about another guy who we put on this list. Um, Mac Jones. Yeah. Mac Jones is there. And oh, by the way, so is Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> um, and Aaron Rodgers next year. Apparently. <laughs> Wait, uh, Steelers? No, Denver of all effing places. <laughs> no, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that now, too. <laughs> um, but I actually like the idea of him going to Tennessee more than Denver. One, because it gets him out of the AFC West. But two, I, I that'd be a really interesting fit. But they're all in the AFC. Yeah. Those top five guys are all in the AFC. And Lamar is – is Lamar the oldest or is – Mahomes, no, the Mahomes is the oldest. Okay. And Mahomes is like what, 26? Yeah. I think That's Joe Burrow is actually older than Lamar. I think I remember mm-hmm. someone saying that. Let's see. That's crazy. Let's find out. Let's find out. He is 25. He's 25, and Lamar is also 25. So oh. there you go. When's their birthdays? Yours, <laughs> December, December tenth, ninety six. Oh. Uh, well, if we're doing this, then <laughs> well, Mars is January of ninety seven. Uh, Joe is older. Lamar or uh, Joe old AF. He all yeah. I mean, he's practically he's, washed. No. Well, think about it. His first year in college was 2015. So that was... That's nuts. And he redshirted. So... And he transferred. And then he transferred. sophomores in high school. Yeah, that is actually kind of crazy. Wow, that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. That's a long time to be in college. Uh, that's okay. He's in the Super Bowl. Not, every, not everyone else on this list can say that. So... Um, guys, so uh, can you get, know, get super defensive in the Super Bowl? He's in the Super Bowl this year. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so let's just read through our list one more time. Keegan, just go 11 through one, Sam, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll move on to our last. Uh, we'll move on. Wait, we're not, even, we're not even gonna talk about how Keegan put Joe Burrow at number one over Patrick Mahomes, who's won an MVP, gonna... Super Bowl MVP, and a Super Bowl. Okay, hey, give it, and hey, Joe Burrow talk had to me a... next week. Ne- talk to me next week when the Bengals win and Joe Burrow gets 
MVP. This is the guy. Wow, wow, is in his rookie contract since you brought that up. So he that said, criteria. He said, I am he nervous about this game. And then he just doubled down. <laughs> Talk to me next week, Sam. See me, in, see me next week when Joe Burrow's MVP. <laughs> if, if I have to have the same confidence that Joe Burrow has in himself. That's where I'm at right Fair now. Fair enough. Hey, hey, Joe Burrow would put him at the top of this list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he put the Bengals as the best team in the AFC. Exactly. So. exactly. So, all right, Keegan, hit me with your list. Uh, I got Jalen Hurts, 11, Justin Fields, 10, Trevor Lawrence, 9, Kyler at 8, Dak at 7, Mac Jones, 6, Lamar at 5, Justin Herbert, 4, Josh Allen, 3, Patrick Mahomes, 2, Joe Burrow, number 1. Uh, Hertz, Prescott, Fields, Jones, Lawrence, Murray, Lamar, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes. Alrighty, and I got Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. So, that sort of rounds off our talk about all these crazy. Oh, I just, <laughs> just started reading reading Keegan's text again. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, I forgot it was there. Um, so I have a little um, thing from ESPN that I wanted to bring in here because I thought these were really interesting, and I wanted to uh, do a little segment on this at the end. So Mina Kimes tweeted out. This was way back in January. I was meaning to bring this on the show, and I totally forgot. But since we had Keegan on, I thought it would be a fun time to. Um, so um i thought this would be a fun time to bring it on so she tweeted way back in january what's your goofiest sports take that you actually kind of believe and then a bunch of people responded some from espn and it looks like some just random people that tweeted it as well so this was um so i'm not going to do what mina kimes uh said hers was because i don't think it's really relevant anymore because she's hers was if the bills want to truly get the most out of josh Allen." They got to build the dome. And then Josh Allen, you know, plays in a super cold game and absolutely obliterates everybody. So here was one of the tweets, and I want to talk to you guys about uh, some of these answers that were fun. So here was one of them. It says, an NFL team that dedicated themselves to perfecting a wide variety of trick plays and then running trick plays like 50 to 75% of the time would dominate. That was the tweet. <laughs> Do we agree with that? <laughs> No. I don't know about dominate. I think they'd be really exciting to watch. I think it'd be a really interesting idea. Like, you can't prepare for that. Like, there's no defense exactly. in the world that there's no defensive defensive coordinator in the world that can that can plan for. Because I mean, trick plays the whole element is surprise and not knowing <laughs> yeah. what to expect. And I kind of want to see that now. Interesting. All right, interesting idea. <laughs> interesting idea so this one has um so this one's an interesting one it says either hockey should eliminate the shootout or every time an nba game needs more than one overtime they should do a dunk contest to pick the winner (laughs) i didn't really like the dunk contest idea especially because the dunk contest has been so bad in recent years but i wanted to ask you guys what you thought about that no, I don't want to see guys missing dunks like over and over again and some to dumb lose a game dunk. of all Yeah, things. like okay. they're already tired from the game and then you're like, oh man, oh, Aaron Gordon fouled out in this game. How are we going to 
be prepared for the dunk contest at the end. Like, what are we supposed to do? Teams are going to sign, like, players just to be designated as dunkers in overtime. Okay, so are we giving a thumbs up on the first one? Like, I'm giving a thumbs up on that first one for the trick players. Was that a thumbs up from Keegan? Yeah, get like the Harlem Globetrotters of the NFL. And okay, yeah, so, thumbs down I would, I would so, so what about the basketball one? Are we all going thumbs down on that one? Down contest, thumbs down. I would rather see a half court shootout. I, I think I agree with a that. Three point, a three point shootout. Yeah, okay, so this that. one, this one, I am um, giving the thumbs up for. This a one says if a, if, a play, if a play being reviewed is cool enough, it should always count. <laughs> So let's and for example, this is talking about like, like a charge in basketball. Like if they're reviewing whether or not it's a charge, count the dunk. <laughs> I'm thumbed up for that one. <laughs> could you could you imagine the the refs after that? Um, we're reviewing for a charging foul, but because the offensive player windmilled three sixty, <laughs> we're gonna call it good. <laughs> I think I think in basketball I'm okay with that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I think that would I think that would be a fun one. Now, what do you think is going on here, Jim? Well, he does go between the legs. Does that is that enough flair for this referee team right here? I they're not usually fans of the between the legs. They're usually a conventional flanking. Yeah, team. you you got to get some new refs. <laughs> so this is when we start. This is when we start getting into some interesting ones. This says all Olympic events should include one average person participating in the event so the viewer can get a sense for just how ridiculous the feats they're witnessing are. I, I love this idea. Yep. Even if it's not even... So you know how they do like the, um, the world record line? Like it shows the pace. Yes. If they were to show like an average human being pace line, I think that would even satisfy. Yeah. Like have somebody like do it when nobody's there just to get a time and then put it up. Again, you, yeah. just, you figure like the average, I don't even know how you would do it, but like the average of, um, or you could do like collegiate athlete average yeah. or something like that. Even like that being superhuman, but like the Olympic, the Olympians are that much farther ahead. Yeah. Keegan, what do you think? You know what I thought of? Because we're talking, the Winter Olympics are on right now. Is you guys, you guys ski and snowboard, right? I no? never actually have had the. I no, I've never had the opportunity. Oh really? To. Okay. Yeah. I thought you guys went, but so I, I grew up skiing. I haven't been in a while, but whenever I go skiing, me and my brother like to like do jumps. Yeah. And whenever my brother recorded it a couple times, and I would go off this jump, and in your mind, you think you are so far off the ground. Oh yeah. Like you think you're flying, and then you watch the video, and you're like, like that for like half a second. So yeah. like the, the the what we watch on TV at the Olympics, what they're able to do is unreal. So yes, I am I'm I am a thumbs up on this one. Would yeah. you Would you want to be the person that has to participate in the events? Depends on the event. <laughs> Depends on the event, but, but no, because like people are gonna compare you to Olympians. I don't want to be embarrassed. Could you imagine? But, I mean, this- someone's got to do it. The uh, like 240 meter uh, medley or whatever, some average person trying to do that. Is that the swimming one? Yeah, like the. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
I, I would not want up to and back. And yeah. um, I hope we see in lane 10, Keegan, he seems to be, he's, he's drowning everyone. Someone <laughs> needs to help him. <laughs> you got to give me a floaty and maybe. He's got the, the oh, kickboard. <laughs> yeah, that. I need a kickboard. I totally get what you're saying about the jumping thing because we would, my dad and I would, because we, I've been mountain biking my entire life. So we don't do a ton of jumping, but when there were jumps, sometimes yeah. we did. And you're right. There is this feeling of I am like in the clouds right now, and then you're just like above this little speed bump, and you're like, yeah, oh. no, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so there was one about hockey, but I do I any of us really pay enough attention to hockey to give an opinion? So it was if a hockey player gets a penalty that extends into the next period, they should have to sit in the box during intermission. So like, um, <laughs> commentating. <laughs> So, like, they wouldn't go be able to go to the locker room. They would just have to sit in there. Yeah. I think that would be fun. I, I think as a player, that would be really annoying. But I think that would be pretty comedy. Like, yeah. I, I think that would be pretty funny. And then, so, like, can you imagine it being in, like, in, like, sports? Like, a player gets ejected, but they can't leave. They have to go up to the booth and start commentating. That would be funny. I would like, like can you imagine, like, like one hour test after he gets ejected. <laughs> hey, world peace. Come or at on. that show time, one hour test. But Come on, show some respect. At that time, yeah. Um, all right. Antonio, so, Antonio Brown, instead of running Antonio the locker room, just Brown. pieces and jumps into the stands. With uh, Romo and Nance. <laughs> oh, oh, they man. have to be in the commentator booth? They're not in like the penalty box thing? It doesn't say. It doesn't specify. It just says box. So, can we have a know. box cam on during a commercial break? Like the Geico commercials going, but then in the corner you got like this little picture. Some, picture, yeah. Some guys just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this one says, I think if you beat a team in the playoffs in any sport, you should be able to take one of their players and add them to your team for the remainder of the playoffs. <laughs> The game changer. Like, as a fan, <laughs> I say yes. But like, I feel like in a lot of sports, I don't know if that would work. Like, I don't know I don't if know it would how... either. I think the basketball would be, or baseball would be the most feasible ones. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine, like, like right now in the playoffs, like taking a quarterback from a team? That would be something. Yeah, the Rams with Jimmy Garoppolo. That would be unstoppable. <laughs> but like the Rams, can you imagine like taking uh, – they don't need it. They Fred don't need Warner. another wide receiver. They could take Debo. But I was going to say Kittle. No, um, they'd take Debo. Dude, Debo could play freaking tight end, free safety. Uh, they do need a running back, right? Punter. I mean, I mean, a running back would be – but. So what are we going, thumbs up or thumbs down with that one? Yeah. I would like I think to I gotta go. I think I got to go down on that one. I would, I would like to see it, but I don't think it would work very well. Um, all right, so this one says, every team should have a seven-footer on its roster just to try and block field goals and PATs. I'm, so you, I'm have like, you have, like, Nikola Jokic out there. Just standing well, in the back. I'd like – I mean, it's another specialist. I mean, you have a long snapper. You have a holder. Why not 
a permanent field goal blocker or kick blocker. Yeah, I agree. I'm going up. I would like to see that, yeah. Yeah, all right. We only got two more. And this one, this one's my favorite. This one is my favorite. This yeah. says each NFL team should only be able to punt three times per game, kind of like timeouts. Use them when you really need them. I like that one a lot, actually. Is it three per half? I, I think it would just act the same way that timeouts act. I'd lower um, it. I'd do, probably do but like this two says, per half. But this says only three punts per game. So maybe, yeah, so I guess he's not uh, doing it like timeouts. It's just three for the entire game. Like this would be cool in the playoffs because there's a lot of like really good offenses, but I'm I can only imagine a Jets Jaguars game where realistically both teams are gonna punt normally like seven times, and then they can only punt a couple of times, and you just have just bad offense mm-hmm. on fourth down where they're forced to go for fourth and sixteen or something. I I so I I totally get that, and I think there would be a lot of. Um interesting scenario like that that being said i'm still i'm still for it keegan i would kind of want to see that yeah maybe implement it one season just to like pilot it or maybe like well i don't know if how that would work with a 17 game season but like every team one game next year like has to do that i don't do know it in the pro bowl <laughs> yeah i guess i mean they don't really come really the pro bowl anyway pro yeah do it in preseason or something yeah, I could. I would. I would like to see that. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm going up. And right. then last one, um, Keegan. How much do you pay attention to baseball? Not very. And not not, not much uh, for myself either. So Sam, this one's for you. The warning track should be made of trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in Anaheim, like how Mike Travel's jumping for Robin. That's so funny that you say that because look at the picture they put up. Mike Travel. There's probably trampolines under the warning track there. So that was it. Those were the uh, those were the games. I I gotta say I like the um, the Olympics one and the punting one the most. Those are interesting. I I never would have came up with those on my own. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's good. I think the Olympics one should be implemented tomorrow. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, Wait, can I say something, though? Yeah. Because I feel like if I'm watching the Olympics and I I watch an average person try and do an event and that person can't even complete the event, I feel like me on the couch watching, and I feel like a lot of people might feel like this, be like, he can't even finish it. I feel like I can at least do it so i feel like it would yeah. kind of like work against well, the whole point of like like the average person not like criticizing athletes but i guess i mean it would but i would i feel like it would make me want to do it even more yeah yeah but i don't know we'll see i i think i think it was a very interesting concept and i would want to see it yeah it certainly got me thinking so much so that i bookmarked it and i was gonna bring it i i I was saving it for a good time, and I'm, I'm glad we got to do it with a guest. So that was 
that was fun. Um, all right, well, that'll wrap up our uh, our show. And the next time we meet, um, I'll tell you what, Keegan, if the Bengals win, you have free reign to come on for at least 10 minutes and just vamp gloriously about your team, if you would like. Oh, you, you can throw all the shade back my way, Keegan. You can take, you can take right. 10, I'll 15, you, I'll remember 20 that. minutes um, and just talk about how Joe Burrow is the greatest thing since Joe Namath and just say that everything about him is amazing and Jamar Chase is going to run for president and all that stuff. Um, Worse to me. Tom Brady was running for president. I don't know. But if they lose, if they lose, are you coming on or are you or not? <laughs> I could. I mean, if you guys ask nicely, I will. And I'll, 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 I'll do a reflection of the season. But Just a deep dive on the Super Bowl. Every single play. That'd be dumb. Well, 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 if they win, I might not remember a lot. I'll be honest. I'll be in Vegas. Who knows what's going to happen? I. That's true. Depending on when you guys record next week, if you guys want me on, I might still be in recovery. If, if they That's win, true. you're going to watch rewatch the highlights 50,000 times before we would get you on the show. I'm going to memorize every play game by game like Sean McVay can. So <laughs> for the rest of my life, you can say a quarter and a time on the clock. Clock and I'll know exactly what play it is. I feel like that's going to be the rest of my life if they win. Okay, fair enough. Then you hear Joe Burrow, you got a lot right on this game. Yeah. Also, by the way, I, I just want to say, you guys seen those clips of like Sean McVay remembering like random, yes. like he has like a photographic or photo, what is it, photograph, what is mm-hmm. it, photographic memory. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. I, I I'm so jealous of that. I feel like as a coach too, you have such an advantage with that, but. Yeah. It's funny, he'll uh, so he has that podcast, right? The Flying Coach podcast. Does he? And, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And he like interviews a bunch of other NFL coaches. And a question he asks every coach is like, what's the one play that you've called that immediately has like backfired that you like instantly regret? And pretty much without fail, they'll the other coaches will like, oh, there's like one call, like it turned into an interception. But like, what about you? Then Sean will be like, well, it was this game, second quarter, time on the clock. It was this play. I thought this so-and-so was going to happen. It happens every podcast that he brings up a new play. And it's he can tell you probably every person that's on the field at that point and what was supposed to happen. It is insane. That dude is a genius. That is pretty crazy. Well, we'll see if he uh, can win it this weekend. Um, certainly going to be a fun game to watch and um yeah i'm just i'm looking forward to the game i don't know if it was uh it was funny because we had we had mentioned we didn't know if it was the super bowl that uh the nfl wanted in terms of marketing but i actually think it really did work in their favor because of the overwhelming love that joe burrow and the Bengals are getting right now from the public so i actually think it worked out just fine for them so Bengals. Rams, Super Bowl 56 in SoFi in LA, and the Rams are not the home team. So <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. So Keegan, enjoy the game. Hope it goes well. Um, final picks. So we know that Keegan's picking the Bengals. Sam, you got the Rams. Yes? Yeah, but for Keegan's sake, I hope the Bengals win. I really don't have it. I don't care who wins this game. But as, as long as someone's happy, Hopefully the Bengals win. 
Um, I have gone I have gone back and forth on this game the entire the entire week. Let's go Bengals. Uh, I like I I know I know that I know that I shouldn't be rooting for them because they beat the Raiders, but I am I really I'm enjoying listening to Joe and the whole thing about them being this team that nobody expected. It's like you know what? It's hard not they're to root here, for them. They're here, so finish it. Yeah, you're going up against a team that nobody thinks you're going to win against. Go finish it. Turn turn Cincinnati around like that. That would be a cool. Story. So I picked the Bengals. Um, all right. So <laughs> as if my pick's gonna sway the game. <laughs> Guys, right, you hear uh, that? Jason picked us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. And uh, thanks for sticking around. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Good luck, Keegan. Thanks, man.